0: Hey everybody, what's going on? You have stumbled onto the Toilet Talk podcast. I am your host, Cigar Chingon, and today we have a very, very special episode. We have Chase Massengill, a licensed to Carry instructor. We have so many questions to ask and so many to answer. So, everybody stay tuned. It's going to be a really, really interesting uh, conversation. And if you have any questions in regards to today's episode or you just want to say hello, you can get a hold of us at CigarChingon at gmail.com. And we'll leave all the information from today's show in the description for you. But before we go any further, I think you know what we got to do. We got to pay the bills, folks. That's right. So here's a couple words from our sponsor. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. In case you're new, you're listening to the Toilet Talk podcast. I'm your host, the Cigar Chingon. Check it out. As promised, we have special guest with us, Chase Massengill, the armed gentleman. How's it going?
1: I'm going pretty well. How are you doing?
0: It's doing great. It's great to have you on board. Uh, You are one of the most anticipated guests I've had. Uh, I've had a lot of people um, instant message me and email me in regards to you. Uh, A lot of people waiting to hear what you have to say. You are a licensed to carry instructor. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. That's correct. Um, I've been teaching license to carry for the state of Texas for about six years now or close to it. And I have been a basic pistol instructor for the NRA and a range safety officer for the NRA for that same amount of time.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Now, just to be clear, license to carry, is that the same as concealed carry?
1: Um, it's the evolution of concealed carry in Texas, at least. Um concealed carry you know it came about in the early 90s after that luby shooting that we had they decided right. that it was important for citizens to be able to protect themselves in an everyday setting and uh, we went on with that process for uh, quite a long time and then in 2016 uh, they actually put in a vote for open carry to allow that if you were licensed And so in 2016, Open Carry came in. So they changed the name of the license from Concealed Handgun License to License to Carry. Um, And by having that license, you're able to carry either way.
0: Okay, okay. Now, if I want to get all this information and I don't have you available, is there a place that I can go to to get this?
1: Yes, sir. Uh, Easiest way to do it is just to Google Texas LTC and you go to the dot gov website and they're gonna have frequently asked questions on there and you can find pretty much anything you need from that website.
0: Okay, okay. Now, you know, with the the advent of COVID, um, I've seen a lot more people open carry and obviously the the stores out here, at least in the Lone Star, man, they're wiped out on ammo and uh, pistols, everything. with more new people acquiring weapons, how does that make you feel, especially with uh, COVID as a template?
1: Well, COVID is, it's certainly creating a little bit of panic in some people. Um, <laughs> now, there are, there are people, you know, like me and, and millions of people like me who we just kind of stay prepared. We already had the ammo, we already had the guns. Um, so I guess to answer your question, good people, um, good people obtaining firearms to protect themselves is something i'm pleased with and with our background check process um for the most part you're not you're not getting bad people buying guns now you may have bad people obtaining guns through illegal means but the fact that people are buying firearms i'm I'm pleased with it i, I do encourage everyone to get the proper training they need because having a firearm although it's a right it's also a responsibility so you need to know how to handle that firearm so that you're safe in regards to yourself and also everyone you're around. But I think taking that initiative is a great step.
0: Right, right. I know uh, initially when I saw it, I I, for, I was in a hardware store and I saw about three people open carry and uh, it was just a lot more than I normally see. And right, right in the middle of all that, that was my first thought. I hope you've had some kind of training and not just watching Die Hard for a night, you know, thinking you can shoot. So, (laughs) (laughs)
1: you know, in the state of Texas too, you know, you get your license to open carry, but that doesn't mean that you can open carry in any manner that you wish. Um, For the state of Texas, you have to carry either in a hip holster or a shoulder holster. And so it just really irks me whenever I see guys walking with a, a pistol in a non-restraint holster on the small of their back with their shirt tucked in. I mean, you're just providing a firearm for whoever wants to take it, you know?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I've had this talk with a, with a bunch of people and, and, uh, they're, well, I want everybody to see that I got a pistol and it's like, well, that kind of makes you a target, you know?
1: Yeah, it can, you know, there's, there's two sides of the argument. And we have this talk frequently. Um, a lot of concealed carry guys hate the open carry guys. And, uh and, you know, I get it. It's their prerogative because they're not comfortable carrying that way. And and they'll oftentimes say, like, well, that just makes you a target. And, yeah, it, it potentially could if somebody who was coming in who knew what they were doing. But what I'm going to argue is most of the people who come in and commit or attempt to admit, uh, commit at least these mass shootings, they aren't they aren't trained operators. Like this is some Dungeons and Dragons kid that got picked on. He's not coming in and clearing a room appropriately. And, and if you're open carrying, you can clear leather faster. You can draw faster, but you know, I do see, I see the side to both arguments completely. Um, The only thing I encourage is for the concealed carry guys and the open carry guys, just realize you're on the same team. None of you are. You all passed the same background checks, and hopefully, you've gone through some training. Like you're on the same team, man.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. It's not like uh, it's not like politics or, or even the phones, iPhone, Android. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, but especially politics. But hey, um, kind of mixing the two. In Austin, we had that shooting. Um, oh, man, I've seen the video of it, and you know, when that, when the guy came up to the car and he pointed his rifle at the car, the other guy came out and shot him um, or shot him right there. According to law, that was somewhat correct. Yes, mind.
1: it was. You're allowed to use force or deadly force to stop uh, the immediate commission of the illegal use of force or deadly force. So obviously that man felt that if someone points a firearm at you, you, you know, you would think that they're going to shoot you. Why else would you point a firearm at someone? Exactly. And so, you are allowed to defend yourself in that scenario. Now, from what I understand, um, he's still going to go through some legal trouble. I'm I'm not sure that he had leave to be off the base at that time, but I don't I right. don't think going to uh, come about as far as him shooting someone who had a firearm pointed at him. He was, in my opinion, well within his rights.
0: Yeah and um I think the hardest part is watching uh the various news channels warp that whole situation and then anybody not really knowing the laws or anything like that all they have to go on is the news and the news is so tainted right now it's right. Uh, it, it it just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth It so, does Um you know we had viewers uh come in with some questions send in questions especially for you
1: Okay so, Um, I'll do my best to answer.
0: All right. So I, I think we kind of answered this one, but we'll ask it. James of Harker Heights asks, why conceal versus open carry.
1: Right. Well, I mean, the advantage of concealed carry is, uh, you know, like the concealed guy carries uh, concealed carry guys say, you know, they're not, uh, targeted when somebody comes in or they're in a bad situation. So I do understand that, but really, um, Most people who carry their whole life are never going to use their firearm. And so I think the best reason for concealed carry is just you don't draw attention to yourself or make other people nervous around you uh, for no reason, because a lot of people aren't comfortable with firearms. And, you know, for me, I prefer to concealed carry, but I also live in the state of Texas and when it's 105 degrees outside, it's hard sometimes to put on enough layers of clothes to do that. So I will from time to time although I, I do prefer to concealed carry now the advantage for the open carry like I talked about earlier is you can clear leather faster um, you can get to your gun quicker you can act quicker but uh, the majority of people everyone I certify it seems like 90% of people prefer to concealed carry um, so just it, it, yeah, it's just a preference thing okay okay
0: uh, James hopefully that answered your question here's a second one if I'm buying a, a a weapon of any kind, are the cheaper guns more unreliable than a more expensive gun, uh, a less known gun company versus like Smith and Wesson or Ruger or something like that? Right.
1: Um, you know, everything depends on your budget, of course. If you, uh, if you're a big time multimillionaire, you know, sure, buy the, buy the <laughs> best, gun out there. why not? Yeah. Um. But, you know you you do get what you pay for so okay. what's the travel that they say good fast and cheap you can you can get two of those but you can never get three of those right uh, right so if it's good and fast it's not going to be cheap um so what i would say is do your research go with reputable companies um yeah if you pay 150 dollars for a high point you don't have as good of a gun as if you paid 600 dollars for an h&k um, but there are also some happy mediums Smith and Wesson is kind of in the middle of those price range generally and nobody can say Smith and Wesson doesn't make a good firearm they've been doing it forever um so do your research um, research the makes of guns the models of guns and especially if the people listening to this are in Texas I promise you you have some friends who really know guns so pick their brains and talk to them you know you use their knowledge and that doesn't mean don't do your own research but take it into account because people who've been around this world for a long time they they know the little nuances of the different firearms that uh, are good or bad and maybe it's good for this person and bad for this person so uh, what i would say is needing a firearm is not like uh, you know needing a bluetooth speaker if you need a firearm it needs to work so right go and spend a little bit more than you had planned on if it justifies a firearm that's twice as good i understand everyone has budget restraints um but if you really do your research and uh and and you approach it realistically then you're going to come out with something that makes you happy because you're better off to have one really reliable gun than you are to have five cheap guns
0: right right so take the time and do the research and then uh see what your budget allows and, and and go from there. You know what's weird too is um, how you said everybody in Texas is pretty much gun savvy uh, for the most part. I grew up in, in California and right. there was I remember walking into a gun store and there was a stigma there that guns are bad and it, it just seemed like an a alien world that I walked into versus right. on the street. Mm-hmm. Most people had a gun there and it, seemed, and it wasn't legal, I'll put it that way. Right. And that seemed more comfortable in that era uh, at that time versus the, the legal representation of weapons uh, just seemed totally foreign. And as I traveled the US, uh, I got to go to more gun-friendly states and mm-hmm. understand the laws better and how they affect law-abiding citizens versus not. Right. And, um, I, what I did notice is where you have states with open carry, concealed carry, you have much less crime as well. Um, oh, yeah. A lot more people are able to defend themselves versus at the mercy of nine one one.
1: So right, right. you know, you just illustrated a, a, a solid point, and that's that's how strong the media influences our outlook, and how strongly our political leaders influence our outlook because people in California that. From a, you know, just observation standpoint, you're no different than people in Texas, but they've been trained to believe this instead of being trained to believe this. But a firearm is no better or worse than the man or woman whose hand it's in.
0: Right, right. Very, very true. Um, Jeremiah from Casper, Wyoming asks, what is the best caliber for concealed carry? And is there a recommended gun maker? I guess that would be more your preference, you know, what you can
1: handle. Yeah. And and the caliber thing is too. Um, now for me, I'm a nine millimeter guy. I've got probably 10 or more of them. Mm -hmm. And you know, the reason I like the nine millimeter is because, uh, depending on the round that you get, depending on the the maker of ammunition, what type of ammunition you get, um, you can make a nine millimeter do a lot of things. And so that's the reason that you see a lot of law enforcement and a lot of military switching to the nine millimeter. The round's not as large as a 45 or a 40, so you get more capacity. So a magazine that's the same length, you know, maybe it holds 17 instead of holding 10 or 12. And that's a a big plus. And then also uh, I have a friend who, and and I've looked at these things online too, but I have a friend who used to do some uh, ballistics research and he told me that a nine millimeter loaded appropriately or loaded with the right ammunition will do as much damage as a 45. Um, And the ammunition that he suggested is Sig elite. So I buy Sig elite ammo a good bit. And uh, I also like the Hornady critical defense. So the way you load your firearm makes a lot of difference too. And even though the majority of firefights involve three rounds or less, Mm -hmm. there's something good about having 15 or 20 rounds on you just in case, you know, security. Yeah. For me, it's the nine millimeter. Um, you know, guys would argue with me and fight with me to the death on that, you know, for a 40 or a 45. But then as far as a gun maker goes, um, there are a lot of great gun makers out there. Uh, Colt is great. Smith & Wesson's good. A little more budget friendly. Um, Ruger's really come along and uh, for me, my two favorite my two favorite pistols that I carry a lot uh, of the time is uh, I carry the Walther PPQ 9mm and I get the M2 version which is the American mag release instead of the European mag release and then I also carry the H&K VP9 and you're you know these are six hundred dollars guns, roughly. So they're not uh, they're not the highest end, but they're certainly not cheap. And for me, I'm big on ergonomics. So the way that they feel in my hand is, is what sold me on them. It's almost like they're carbon copies of each other. And uh, but most of your firearms instructors uh, are going to tell you to get a Glock 19, and that's fine. You know if that's what you really if that's what you like for me, I just I prefer the other and other firearm instructors are going to tell you to get the m 2 which is a Smith and Wesson military and police. And those are both great guns. The m 2 is what my dad carries. And he's he's a killer with it. Um, when we would go out target shooting, he's, he's on point now. But, um, you know, people in my classes, they always ask me what's what's the best gun for me. And I always say it's the one that never messes up that you never miss with.
0: Very true, very true. I fired one of your pistols and I I gotta say, it felt like melted butter right in my hand. Yeah. It fit so comfortable. It, it was just great. The weight and everything right. was, was perfect. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, if you had to uh, tell somebody, if somebody asks you, how often should I train? How often should I be at the range? What would be your recommendation?
1: Um, I think the first thing that you would have to do is uh, set a list of goals that you're looking to, to reach. Um, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to be familiar with your handgun, where you can grab it, you can manipulate it in the dark. You don't have to look at it. Um, now I'm going to say if you go to the range two or three times a month, that will probably get you there. And that's going to be more than 90% of, of people do. Um, the other thing is you need to manipulate your firearm when you're not at the range, you need to be taking it apart. And cleaning it, and practicing your draw and things like that. Obviously, when it's unloaded. Um, but you know, if you want, if you want to get to, you know, the next level, if you want to get up there like some of these guys who are in, you know, shooting competitions or um, operator level, uh, then you're going to need to really put in the time, almost almost daily, to get to that kind of level. Because shooting is a perishable skill. So if you don't practice, you get worse at it. When it oh, comes okay. to guns especially
0: uh, now right now with uh, the shortage of ammo how mm-hmm. can somebody train right now say they don't have that supply and uh, they want to stay uh, stay ready how right. can you train right now
1: you're gonna need to try to figure out some drills where you're not just mag dumping where you're uh, you're firing less but you're working more on your principles and your mechanics um, I actually I go to the range occasionally I haven't been in a long time now but I go with uh, with one guy who's who's very good and uh, we really don't shoot that much when we're there you know we work more on dropping mags and reloading and drawing and things of that nature um, now it is important to shoot so that you stay on point but you could really go to a range and put in a good day of work and actually get something out of it the mechanics you know it, it's like It's like a lot of things, sometimes the work that you need to do isn't the most fun. So uh, maybe you work on those types of things whenever you don't have uh, ammo readily available. But I would say step two is uh, we know that these ammo shortages come. You know, we've seen them, you know, for the past decade. We've, We've been seeing them off and on. So whenever there's not a shortage and the prices are reasonable, you need to stock up. That way it doesn't affect you so much the next time it comes around.
0: Right. Right. Uh, for anybody who just joined us, you're listening to the toilet talk podcast. And if you guys want to hear more of our podcasts in the future, make sure to push the follow button and thank you for being a part of the toilet talk nation. We're speaking with chase Massengill, the armed gentleman. I love that name. I, I just Thanks. can't get enough of it. And that, that logo that you have is perfect. Everybody, uh, if uh, everybody listening We'll have all the visuals on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and get that out there so you know exactly what we're talking about right now. Um, this is great. Uh, Veronica of Fort Worth asked, is insurance necessary? And what kind of insurance do you get with uh, a license to carry?
1: Well, I'll be a little bit biased on this one because uh, now... The people who come to my class, they're always quick to point out, you know, they're not an insurance company per se. They're a uh, just group that you become a member of and they'll provide legal representation for you. But the, the people I use are uh, technical shields. and they've been around for a long time. They were one of the first people to do this. And there've actually been a lot of uh, places knock them off over the years. Um, so. Basically what you do with them is you pay them, uh, $10 and 95 cents a month. I think the regular price is $12 and 95 cents a month, which for something that even though they're technically not an insurance it serves as an insurance is, uh, kind of a no brainer to me. Um, the way that they handle their stuff is, uh, you know, if you're in any type of a, conflict situation um, where you have to use your firearm or if you had to use a knife or a chair or a bat or your fist anything like that what they'll do is they guarantee that they get you out of jail that night if you do happen to get arrested and they'll bond you out and uh, then they'll cover all of your court costs including the appeals process and it's uncapped wow. for, uh, yeah so if you want to do that um, Texas Law Shield that's that's the name of the company and use my, uh, my code which is C-M-F-I stands for Chase Massengill Firearms Instructor, and you'll get a rate. You'll get a better rate, and uh, you get locked in for life when you do that. So back whenever I started using this, uh, this company, which was probably 2012, um, they got me at $8.95. And it's continued to go up, not drastically, but a little bit, and I'm sure it'll continue to do so as, as uh, the need for it. Rises and ever since uh, all this civil unrest in the past six months or so, um, anything associated with firearm is, is shooting through the roof, setting records. Um, right. So, do you need it? Uh, I gave you my pitch a little bit there. Um, uh, for me, it's a no-brainer. Um, I can't really say if you need it or not, but for me, an eleven-dollar gamble or Yeah, an $11 gamble a a month is is certainly worth the security the way I see it.
0: Right, right, and that's Texas Law Shield?
1: Yes, sir, that's correct.
0: Okay, we'll have all that information in the description as well as the code to use. Um, Now, here's an interesting question. And when I was new to uh, ammo and guns in general, this was one of the questions I had and I just didn't know if it was a dumb question or not, but can bullets fire by themselves in a hot car. Like you get a, um, it's 110, 111 in the summer and you have a a firearm in the car. Are those bullets liable to go off or is there a set temperature?
1: I've never actually looked at the science on that, but I've never heard of that happening and I live in Texas, so it's not that's on the forefront of my my worries <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i did look it up and it's like 300 degrees or something yeah. so it's it's uh yeah well, it's, if it gets that hot you, you don't have to worry about it you're not
1: going to be around now, i've heard of uh i've heard of ammo going off in in house fires um, yes yeah it does go in a house fire and uh but the thing is without Uh, without being in a barrel and it it really just kind of pops off it doesn't it's not like it projects out like a fire like a, a round does out a firearm
0: right um is there an age limit to getting licensed or any kind of health restriction
1: um i can only speak for the state of texas on that because i'm i'm not certified to teach in any other state, but in the state of Texas, uh, to get your license to carry, you have to be 21 years old. Now you can come to my class when you turn 20 and take the class and then just not submit the paperwork for, uh, until you turn 21 and that's okay. Um, now when you take my class, it's good for 365 days. So I've had people come in like the month they turned 20 just to have it done. And then they submitted the paperwork whenever they turn 21. Um, the only exception to that is if you're active duty military, if you're active duty military, then you can get your license to carry in the state of Texas at 18, 19 or 20.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, um, am I able to carry a long rifle anywhere? I remember when I, I was living in the state of Wyoming and Mm -hmm. I, I had a California driver's license. And I went into a gun store and they said, legally, I can buy a long rifle, but not a pistol. Okay. It was my right as an American. So I was right. able to walk out of there with uh, with a rifle, but I had to get an uh, in-state license before I could get a pistol of any kind.
1: All right. Well, uh, first, let me step back to the last question. I, I forgot to address one of the parts, um, uh, if any health issues could stop you from getting your firearm Um, as long as you come and take the course and you pass the shooting and the written portion of the test then you're okay they don't delve into what your health issues are the only exception for that that i know of uh would be if you've ever been declared mentally incompetent or if to an insane asylum or something like that or if you've ever been uh, uh addicted to drugs or alcohol then those are things that could potentially be disqualifiers. But uh, like diabetes or, you know, uh, heart trouble or anything like that, that's not going to disqualify you. You just want to be honest with yourself, though, and make sure that uh, you're capable and safe enough to carry that firearm. Now, so
0: don't don't go there on crack and then uh, just out of the, the hospital with your, uh,
1: right. <laughs> your garb on. <Yeah. laughs> They're going to disqualify you anyway on the questionnaire. And right. it, it doesn't. Either how you answer it they're gonna know what the truth is and then if you lied on that questionnaire you just committed a federal offense so <laughs> but going to the long guns uh, once again you know I can only talk about Texas on this but um, long guns yes you can carry them uh, almost anywhere only places you can't carry them are, uh, you know schools post offices uh, hospitals, amusement parks. Um, and then also, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but, uh, also, um, any place that has a weapons prohibited sign, you can't carry a long arm or a long, long rifle there. Uh, now in the state of Texas, a 30-06 sign means that you can't concealed carry somewhere. A 30-07 out sign means that you can't open carry somewhere. Um, but if they don't have those signs then you can exercise those rights as long as you're licensed um but for the 30-06 and 30-07 they don't apply to long guns just like a weapons prohibited sign doesn't apply to handguns if you're licensed so that's really what you want to look for the weapons prohibited sign in the state of texas and what that tells you is that you can't carry a knife with a blade over five and a half inches you can't carry a blackjack a club Uh, you can't carry a long gun that type of thing but once again, it, once you're licensed, that weapons prohibited sign that that doesn't affect you uh, with your your handgun as long as you're licensed to carry it. Okay,
0: okay. What's one of the biggest mistakes you see people do uh, in your class?
1: They muzzle each other. Um, it's it's not that they haven't shot their firearm before or that they don't uh, know. How to use a firearm is just shooting on a line at a shooting range is a little bit different than shooting, you know, from the tailgate of your truck into a tank. Right. And basically when you have other guys or girls right beside you and you're all shooting together, you know, that firearm has to stay down range. And a lot of the times people get a little bit too nonchalant um, after they shoot their sequence of fire, then they'll drop their pistol and let their arm swing to their side or, you know, they'll turn to look at something and the gun will turn with them. That's when you really have to stay on top of people because uh, yeah, my class is very laid back, very easygoing, but on the range, you have to do it the right way. You have to do it my way. Um, if you don't, then I'm just going to have to pull you off the line and then we'll shoot by ourselves because uh, you can't make mistakes there.
0: Yeah, that would be a, a very bad place. Um right. Do you have a, a, a mixed crowd, you know, male, female? Is there? A, is it pretty even or?
1: Um, I probably get, I probably get three quarters men and a quarter women. But what I will say is over the past year, that's, that may have dropped more to like 50, 50. Um, people are getting freaked out. They're not seeing what they like on the news. Um, they know that, you know, all this unrest that they're seeing in some of these cities, like, you know, hopefully it stops and hopefully it dies out. But you know, if it doesn't, then you know, you need to be prepared. And I get a lot of moms, they have kids and they, you know, they're more on edge, a little bit more uneasy when they're when they're going out in public. And I don't want to see anybody scared or uneasy, but I do like seeing them coming in and willing to get prepared for those worst case scenarios.
0: You know what? It's it's really crazy times, and I said this a lot. We're too close. I remember when the Cold War was jumping off and, you know, communism, socialism, all that was prevalent. And uh, all the lessons learned or we thought we learned from there. Right. Um, And then now you see, especially on TV and all that, um, these protests slash riots Mm -hmm. with everything going on. um, Like you said, more and more people want to be prepared just in case, and i'm hearing uh i haven't heard anything tell you the truth about gun laws or trying to prohibit uh anything to do with with guns or ammo or anything right now um, I think the world got real, and people realized that uh you know there's these topics, and then there's these, and then there's life and when uh when you're you're facing like when COVID was happening and the stores got empty, you know, all of a sudden our food chain, Oh, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah. And all the topics of the day really got pushed aside and it just, we became focused, you know, on uh, what I call real life, not this uh new normal type of whatever that's supposed to
1: mean. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not my new normal. Like uh, I've pretty much already quit wearing the masks and, uh, And I've got kicked out of places for it too. And that's fine. You know, I'm just, I I care a lot more about living my life than being scared. I'm going to die, especially now that we can actually analyze the numbers and see that people in my age range or your age range aren't really affected. Now. I mean, if I was 70, sure. I'd be a a lot more cautious about it, you know, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, The shooting that happened in L.A. just the other day where uh, the person walked up behind the uh, cops and and shot through the window and put them both in the hospital. And I think last thing I saw, it said that they were both supposed to live. But, you know, then you have uh, Joe Biden come out and he says, you know, ban assault weapons. There's no place for weapons of war on our streets. And okay, well, for one, an assault weapon is a made up term, Uh, AR-15. Stands for uh, Armalite, the company that developed it back in the 1950s. It doesn't stand for assault. It could just as easily, and maybe more accurately, be called a defense rifle. Um, and then the other thing is, this shooting, uh, there was no AR-15 involved. He he ran up on him with a pistol, and it was a semi-automatic, and. He didn't shoot that many times uh, in the vehicle. I, I couldn't tell exactly, you know, maybe four times, maybe six times he shot in the vehicle. And, and you know, the, the other big thing they like to talk about is high capacity magazines when they're talking about weapons of war. And, okay, well, first off, let's get away from high capacity magazine, because unless you're talking about a micro compact firearm, um, 15 rounds is, is standard. It's a standard capacity magazine. Um, and on top of that, this guy didn't even fire that many times, so when I hear politicians talking about firearms, it, it just irks me because um, very few of them know anything about firearms at all. You know, Joe Biden talking about uh, magazines that hold 10 clips or something like that, like, what are you even talking about, that's not like, what language are you talking, bro? And um, in high-capacity magazines, you know, like I just said, that's a ridiculous term. It's a standard capacity magazine. Um, assault rifle is not even a thing that exists. It's just a, a, a term that they coined to try to evoke an emotional response in the people they're trying to manipulate. Um, if you start believing that tools are evil, um, I, don't, I don't know how to help you. You know, a firearm in the right hands is, is a good thing because that'll protect that person and the people they care about. And it'll also protect other people, other good people, if they're around and bad people try to do bad things. So, um, yeah, um, kind of circling back, I I think the world did get real, you know, and, uh, people, people stopped caring about a lot of issues when they couldn't get their toilet paper. And, um, so I would just like to see a resurgence of of common sense and logic, <laughs> because I feel like we've really uh, gone down the rabbit hole into into panic over the past six months.
0: It's, it's a, It really is a different world, and it, it, it's a shame to see. Um, I've never seen nothing like it, and maybe in the book 1984 would be the right. closest representation to what we're living today.
1: Um, now, what you have to do is if you get your license in texas or whatever state you get it in you have to check the reciprocity laws with the other states Um, as far as texas goes i don't know all of them Um, but i do know every state that touches our border we have reciprocity with meaning they accept our license we accept theirs now uh, the only thing is when you're in that state you have to play by their rules so they're like yeah your license is good but you still have to follow our laws because you're in our state so let's say you left texas and Texas has open carry, but the state you go to only has concealed carry, that means you can only conceal carry there, um, and vice versa. But um, you can go, once again, you can Google Texas LTC, if that's where you get your license, and uh, under the frequently asked questions, you can look at reciprocity, and I believe it pulls up a map, and you just click on the state you want to go to, and it lets you know uh, what the deal is, if they have reciprocity with us or not. Now, some states that don't, California doesn't, New York doesn't. Um, A lot of anti-gun states don't because they don't even let their citizens carry. And I do know a story. Uh, The guy who actually certified me years ago, um, he said that he certified this lady and she was probably in her mid-60s and she went to visit her daughter in New York. And, so she checked her gun on the on the flight, just like you're supposed to. She followed all the rules. And then when she landed in uh, New York and she went to claim her firearm, they arrested her because she was illegally in possession of a firearm because they wow. have. Her. So it is important, you know, that you uh, look those things up and check it out and you know what you're doing um, before you travel.
0: So if somebody wants to take classes, um, how often do you have your classes and how can they sign up for them?
1: Um, the best way to get in touch with me, I, I used to have a website and, uh, I finally took it down cause it was costing me money every year to keep it going. And it really wasn't, uh, providing any benefit for me. So everyone I get is word of mouth and, uh, business has really never been busier for me. So, um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can just, uh, give me a call 254-401-1000. Or you can text me um, and I'll get back with you. I'll let you know the next time I'm going to have a class. Um, the way that I do my classes, I, I don't generally schedule them out way ahead of time. What I do is I wait until I get enough interest from, say, you know, 10 or 10 or 15 people. And then I'll I'll create a class for that group of people that works with everybody's schedule.
0: Perfect, perfect. All right. Well, man, I'll tell you what, it's been great having you on. I can't wait to hear the feedback from everybody from this. Uh if they want to get a hold of you, uh, they can either call you or do you have email?
1: Yeah, I do have an email address. It's uh Chase Mass, That's C H A S E M A S S at Gmail.com.
0: All right. And once again, we'll put everything into the description and uh If you have any questions about today's show or would like to leave a comment, feel free to email us at CigarChingon at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of the Toilet Talk Nation. It's been great having you on and I'm sure we'll have you back here. I'm going to bet money this is going to generate a lot more questions. But once again, it's great to have you on and uh, thank you very, very much.
1: Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: What's up nation? What's going on? It's Cigar Chingon. Welcome to another edition of Toilet Talk. What's up nation?